What is going on, Questioning Marks? We are coming at you with a very, very disappointing review of AEW Revolution 2021, man. What is going on, Adam? Oh, damn, I thought it was an epic show. Well, well, I don't know about that. What's going on, Jared? How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm doing good. You uh, can't wait to hear from me today. I, I guarantee that. Uh, well, you know, I've had such high hopes for a lot of things out there, and... Uh, you know, unfortunately, my my battle with AEW versus WWE that is, uh, you know, not really out there, but it's, it's non-existent. It's, it's, non-existent. It's, it's uh, there between you and I, though. You know, there's that tension between right. Between yeah, that, that me tension, that tension com- combusted like the sparklers at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so. We're just going to get into this. Uh, we're going to do our questioning mark. Uh, you know review system here where we give uh out of five questioning marks the matches uh uh that we are reviewing so without further ado the first uh match we are going to review is the casino tag team battle royale all right um i'm going to ask let's let's start off with uh jared's take on this match first then we'll go to adam and then uh i'll give you mine at the end um so my my whole thing right now with that is it was a, it was a fine match. I mean, I know they do it, you know. They've done it a few times already. Um why wasn't FTR in the match? A lot a lot of like scrub tag teams were in it and I just I just find that they don't know how to use their talent and they're always looking to put like no namers over, not over, but like give them give them time and you know give them, you know, pay-per-view time which sh- shouldn't be happening. Guys like the Gun Club shouldn't be on on pay-per-view. That's what that's what these YouTube shows are for and um I just think that they could utilize talent a little better and the match was fine. I give it I'll give it two and a half out out of out of five questioning marks. That, you know, right. I just don't think it, it it didn't have much uh there's not much to say about it. I don't think it had much uh excitement to it. Okay. 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 <laughs> Adam Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Jared um on his take probably with the 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 pick two of uh, I'll go two and a half questioning marks uh, question marks as well. Uh for me it's you know these because these tag team battle royals are pretty frenetic. It's kind of chaotic in the match and it's just I mean it's not like your standard uh battle royal type of match. Um and also as he mentioned, you've got some tag teams there that are just put together from you know, randomly that you would find on like AW Dark, for example. They're not actual standard tag teams like FTR that have worked together for a while. And in fact, you know, the team that ends up winning, the Death Triangle, even though that's an actual sort of, you know, faction that, that Pac has been leading, Pac and Ray Phoenix are really great as singles competitors. In fact, they're phenomenal as singles competitors. Uh, so I would prefer to actually see a tag team that's a true tag team that has that kind of dynamic and operates on the same frequency again, like FTR. So I'm going to go 2.5. All right. I definitely uh, have to agree with you there, man. Uh, Both of you, I think the match was uh, a solid three questioning marks for me. Um, I thought one of the spots uh, that I love the most though during this match was when MGF uh, began drooling when he was getting like super kicked. 
I think it was super kicked or he's getting punched. I can't remember, but there was a spot where he was like in the corner of the ring, just drooling. And while he was getting like obliterated and it was, uh, um, Matt, uh, Matt are you talking about the, the tag match or the, cause or the, the battle? Oh Royale? yeah. I'm sorry. I went right into the tag. <laughs> God, my bad. It blew up. It the did. sparklers went off. Oh wait. All right. Oh yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. I was looking everything, at everything having to AEW is blowing up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, they've, this match they've polluted his mind so much that yeah, my bad. I had another tag match notes out in front of me. I I, I think the I think some of our WWE listeners know yeah, that yeah. his m- mind is beyond polluted. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but what I have to say here is that um, you know, I I I, I want the Jurassic Express to come out on top here. Um, I feel like they're one of the only tag teams that. Uh, haven't really got established as I think a dominant one yet in uh, AEW. I feel like they're probably the most talented tag team uh, out of all of them there. So uh, anything that involves them not winning, uh, I get pretty upset about. But I did think the match was very good. I wanted to see what would happen when SCU lost. I don't know if they're going to hold up to their end of the agreement with. Uh, you know, ending their Interesting tag note team. On that, Matt. So I, I covered uh, AW Dark last night, and they yeah. actually won their their dark match. So obviously, so, the dark shows are recorded beforehand. But I wonder if, in this case, that means because they already had their, their yeah, go gotcha. home dark show on Saturday. So I think they're still a tag team. Wow. All right. So I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. That because because they were making this such a big deal uh, that if they were to lose their next match, they were done. And I would consider this a match uh, that they didn't win, but. Um, I guess we would have to bring the lawyers out on that one. And I unfortunately do not have any fucking money. So we are going to go to the next match, which I believe was the Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus uh, Miro and Kip Sabian match. Uh, I will let Adam start off with this one. Then I will go. And then Jared, you could bring us home. For me, I'm just, as we've talked about before, I'm just so done with this Miro, you know, character in terms of how he's being utilized or underutilized. And this match, I think, spoke to it. Um, you knew that the heels were going to win. And uh, I just I just kind of had that sense. But overall, I don't think that this was anything special. And I, I'm really hoping that what this leads to ultimately, because you did see towards the end, you know, Miro, uh, you know, kind of, there was a little bit of tension. With, with Kip, but ultimately, you know, they kind of you know, put his arm around him and then, and then they leave together. But I think that I'm hoping that what this leads to is him kind of breaking away and, and doing his own thing as a big man here in AEW. Um, I'm going to give this actually, I'm going to give it a three, three questioning marks in the hopes that that actually ends this feud once and for all. <laughs> uh, it's still going to take a while for Trent to come back. So like, I don't see where they would even build this up with, with, you know, with the best friends kind of continuing on with this angle with Miro and Kip. Um, also, I'm just, you know, I, it's my, my usual rant on Kip sort of maybe kind of factors into this because I don't understand what Penelope sees in him and doesn't see in me, but you know, <laughs> I'll leave that for another day. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll hit her up on Instagram if we ever get this podcast blasting off. We'll have her on as a guest, and we'll see what happens. Um, I also thought that this match was just like a filler kind of into the pay per view. I do enjoy the storyline a little bit, just because I'm kind of like a big best friends uh, 
fan, even though Trent's not around. I just followed them a lot through the indies. So I just, uh, I think anything Chuck Daly does is could, could be really good. It's not good all the time. Um, I was glad to see that they chose to let Miro finish the match in a dominant way. Cause I feel like also he needs to just break apart. I feel like he could be a vital wrestler and a good opponent for any of the heavyweights that are in that realm or are in that picture for going for that heavyweight title. So um, I do also hope that this match uh, will be a catalyst for Miro breaking off. Uh, so around two, two and a half questioning marks for me, um, for this match. I'm going to, uh, give it one and a half questioning marks. I think the storyline is, uh, pointless. Like Adam said, uh, I think Miro, like Adam also said is completely underutilized. And this is the whole reason he left WWE and asked for his release because he was being underutilized and being used in joke situations. And then Tony Khan, the biggest moron of them all, um, said he needs to rebel, rebuild Miro. No, 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 no. He was already built up just in bad storylines in WWE. And let me tell you something. His storylines in WWE were better than this. This is this is just horrible. Um, he's with guys who are way beneath him. And I just don't... When they actually get a good talent from WWE, besides Moxley, he doesn't count. Because uh, you couldn't even screw that up. But <laughs> when they get a guy like Miro... I mean, they just don't use him right. It's just... it's Why would you... Who came up with sticking him with Kip... And this Penelope thing and this whole young boy thing. It's just it, horrible. And how many more weddings are you going to do and rip off of WWE? And AEW is turning into exactly what they said they weren't. So that's why I'm giving this one and a half stars because it's a pointless match. Well, I only have two words to say to you, Jared. Game over. I thought you were going to use another uh, wonderful WWE uh, <laughs> you know, line, and that's two words for you. Suck it. <laughs> uh, copyright, copyright, copyright. No, I'm joking. All right. So it always starts there. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you heard our review of that match. Now we are going to go on to the big money match, which was Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. I will bring us in here, and then whichever one of you want to jump in after that, feel free. Um, this match to me, I thought was, uh, very good. Uh, it exceeded my expectations at least, even though this was, I think around where I started to get really tired during the pay-per-view. Um, it was, it was definitely difficult to stay awake for, for, uh, for portions of it because I was just so fucking tired, but I did, uh, fully watch this match and it was, I thought a very, very good match. I wasn't in thinking Matt Hardy was going to be a formidable opponent for Hangman Page because of just Hangman Page's ability, uh, way, way surpassing Matt Hardy's uh, at this point in his career. But I thought that this was a match that was worked perfectly. I thought that this match uh, told a really, really good story. And I thought that um, it culminated in a very, very awesome way uh, with... um, just just really really good professional wrestling in the ring and and uh an awesome celebration at the end so uh i'm going to give this match three and a half questioning marks i thought it was uh very very good i uh i'll have to agree i'm gonna say it was it was a good match um 
I think Hardy knows how to put somebody over very well at this point, and he's very good at that. And he's good at helping uh, guys like Private Party, you know, gain some traction in the industry and helping them, you know, move forward with their careers. And it was a it was a solid angle for for the most part, and the match was pretty fluid. So I, I'll give it three out of uh, five questioning marks. Um, I think it's about time a guy like Hangman Page and guys like Miro uh, go to the top where they belong. I'm going to go with three questioning marks as well because I do feel that storyline-wise, this does put you know as we've now seen since then, Hangman is getting closer and closer with the Dark Order. You know, does this mean he's officially going to be the leader? You know, we'll have to wait and see, but I certainly moving in that direction. Initially, I was going to be critical, uh, just more generally, about Hardy because I'm a huge Hardy fan and I'm a huge Hardy Boys fan. I always feel like, you know, Matt was, and, and I'm not the first to say this, certainly, Matt has been the mind of the operation or the brain of the operation, and Jeff has really been the creative uh, and the dynamic, you know, just as he says, the charismatic enigma. But Matt being kind of the cerebral one, it's amazing how he's been able to morph throughout his career. I really wasn't happy with the the broken gimmick, you know, when he brought that into AEW. But I like where he's going now with the. I like the money, Matt. You know, because as Jared said, he's helping put people over, which is what you really want your veterans to do. And I was the last thing I'll say on this one. I was initially going to be critical because I feel like you know, again, being a huge Hardy Mark, um, I feel like his move set has declined a little bit over the years, and yet. At 46 years old, I'm still impressed with his ability to, again, do what he needed to do, which is put the, the other guy over. He did that really well here. Yep. So uh, it was it was, it was was definitely a, a, a good match, I have to say. So um, that leads us next into the tag team title match. Uh, we have the AEW Tag Team Championship match, which was the Young Bucks versus uh, – Chris Jericho and MJF. Uh, which one of you guys would like to take this away first? I'll I'll start here. Um, right. I actually thought this was my favorite match of the night. Um, I thought the Young Bucks were very good, which is a rare praise for me. Um, they performed very well in the ring. Uh, their high flying um moves were very entertaining, and I love the MJF Jericho dynamic together. Uh, both great on the mic, and this storyline I think is pretty good. With uh, you know, Papa Buck was involved previously, and thought the match was very entertaining. Like I said, I thought probably the best match of the night, and I'm gonna go four out of five questioning marks. Nice. That's where that's where I was going too. I was gonna go with four, and I have to say that MJF. I think what makes him great and just sort of a wrestling education thing for you, for you marks out there, you don't always have to be the best in ring worker. You have to tell the best story. And he does that so effectively as a heel. If you look at some of his mannerisms, even in the ring, especially when he's stumbling, whenever he gets hit, you know, like the way he, even the way he takes bumps, it harkens back to these older days of wrestling. It's a flair esque type of a thing. Uh, Personally, I really love it. I'm also happy on just a general note that, uh, and I, I know we've been really critical on the Bucks overall. You know, Matt, you, you you've been high on them from the beginning, and then it's kind of waned over time mm-hmm. as we've seen what's happened here. You know, as being with them being executives in AEW, but I do have to give them credit in one with in one respect, and that is they put other tag teams over in their their early run here with AEW as executives. They didn't take the belts right away, 
and I almost expected them to. I actually, even on the flip side, I almost expected them to lose this match. So I'm surprised that they retained, but it does build to what we're going to be seeing tonight on Dynamite with the uh, Inner Circle War Council meeting that's going to happen. And where does that go? I have my predictions that maybe MJF takes over the Inner Circle. I don't, and, you know, more dissension in the ranks there, who knows? But uh, until then, I just got to say that I think this built up that storyline really well. And uh, yeah, I'm giving it four out of five. Awesome. Uh, I also agree with the four out of five questioning mark scale here. Um, now, uh, now I could talk about the MJF spot with him uh, drooling. Um, you know, he's he's just an amazing in ring wrestler. He reminds me of like a Ric Flair esque guy who who's animated in the ring and could easily put guys over. I feel like that's what Ric Flair did most of his career. He was just the guy who could put anyone over. And I feel like MJF is also that type of guy. Throw throw anybody in the ring and i feel like he makes the other person better if there's an involved storyline uh especially with promos and stuff like that so uh i have to just say that i'm 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 okay with the uh result as well uh i did want uh jericho and mjf to win but it was something that if they didn't it wasn't going to be a big issue there's still going to be an amazing storyline uh like i you know jared and adam are saying, uh, you know, the inner circle is going to have its turmoil. It's just a matter of time. Uh, Sammy Guevara is already on the outs, and it's going to be interesting to see now the dynamic between MJF, Jericho, and all them, because I don't think that Jericho and MJF honestly deserve to be in the tag team title picture anymore. So let's, you know, get them back into the singles category. Let's get Wardlow, uh, you know, start busting ass in the heavyweight division. Uh, you know, but I don't want to get too much into that right now. We're trying to review the uh, matches here, so four to five as well. Uh, and uh, that's all I have to say about that match. Uh, so our next match after that, I believe, is the um, face of the revolution ladder match, which was uh, the winner wins a shot at the TNT Championship. There was Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Penta El Zero, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and the mystery entrance. Uh, who was that, guys? Ethan Page. Yeah, Ben, a little bit of uh, impact uh, for you. In I actually believe I called that one. Yes, you called it, Jared. Absolutely did. Jared was batting 100 on predictions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm not happy he was the guy because it's just unfortunate that you have to be like a real deal, like hard beyond hardcore, like diehard wrestling fan to know who he really is. And um, it's just another like to me, not a huge like ordeal. Like, you know, I think people were looking for whether it was the Christian signing or the uh, the Ethan Page debut. I think people were looking for like an Edge uh, Royal Rumble return pop, that that kind of thing, or you know something like that. But uh, AEW just they they can't seem to deliver that like big wow, or people are afraid to cross Vince. It, it, it's it's a stranglehold that I is stronger than I even I thought. I do have to say though, Jared, I'm forgetting which pay per view it was where Cage debuted, but he debuted in a ladder. Uh, it, was, it was a ladder match for some opportunity on one of the one of the one of the cards uh, last year. And um, again, still not a huge signing, but given that it's a bigger guy, like, yeah, I yeah. thought they did that, that one. They did well. They did well. Uh, here's my thing: how many? And I'll be honest with you: how many guys knew who Cage was 
prior to a month before him, the rumors starting about AEW. I didn't, I didn't know who he was, and I consider myself a pretty knowledgeable wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big on uh, Ethan Page at all. I mean, I knew who he was, but um, wasn't anybody who I was like gushing over to join AEW. So, yeah, I mean, I just Cage was big, but. He's another guy who people like, you know, you have to be a diehard wrestling fan to know somebody like him. Yeah. It's not like, oh, CM Punk or Lesnar. And listen, I don't think these guys would ever cross Vince because you know, you know why? Because they saw what happened with WCW. And once you cross Vince, there might not be a coming back. So these people may, may not feel that AEW could be there long term and WWE will always be there long term. So uh, I don't know what it is that they can't land like the big one. But what were your thoughts on the match overall though, Jared? Did you um, think that after, after his appearance, how did it go for you? It was okay. I mean, it's just, they have a ton of these ladder matches. They have a ton of these casino detecting battle rows. It's just, to me, it's a lot of the same shit over and over. I don't know. I give it, I give it a, I don't know, two and a half. I get three. I give it three stars because it was a ladder match and people do crazy shit. Um, <laughs> they, they they bury Archer, who I think it should be a, have a big run. Uh, he came in, you know, guns a blazing, and they they kind of let him talk a little more, which is a big mistake. They need to let Jake Roberts do the talking and push Archer into uh, a serious storyline. I mean, it's a joke already. Yeah, I have I'm to an- agree. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Adam. Bring oh no, I was just gonna say. Um- mm-hmm. We, as we've discussed in prior rankings from, uh, I think we, we've covered uh, you know other pay-per-views in the past, I've often factored the results into my ranking system just because I think that that's, you know, it's built into the storyline of, yeah, of, of course. the program. Of course. So the fact that Sky won, and I'm, I'm just a huge Scorpio Sky fan. I, I don't know if he was, he may have been injured and that's why he was off TV for a while, but uh, we've covered just his great athleticism. And, and, and that's why I'm going to, I'm going to go three and a half. I can't go four because um, I got to say, I don't know what the thing that's called that they were that they were go- vying for at the top of the ladder, but you know normally you'd see a belt, the fucking see, gigantic yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog ring. Yeah, what the hell was that? And, and then Brass Cody, ring. and then Cody, you know, walking away and getting you know looked like a condom attention. for fucking Bigfoot. They're so stupid. I mean, Cody getting like you know twenty people, you know, the medical attention of like twenty people, and then coming back in and just um, standing standing in the tunnel. I mean, come on, enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gonna have to just go with the three and a half as well here. Uh, I do, I do think Scorpio Sky winning um, a match like this, especially with someone with the likes of Cody Rhodes in the ring, uh, is an automatic push. I think that's an automatic push uh, signal. So I really hope that we start seeing Scorpio Sky in serious matches as well i think he's probably the most talented wrestler in AEW besides hangman page i think the but for just for some reason he doesn't have the gimmick down that i don't know what his deal is you know what i mean like every wrestler that we see in the ring has something going on you know in regards to just their style their gimmick some of the more straight line wrestlers have even you know have succeeded just because that's who they are you think you go back to wwe you think about kurt angle but Kurt no, he had a had huge these, gimmick. What do you mean? Well, no, no, but that, no, 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 that, that that gets to my point. No, my point uh, is that 
Kurt was like, he didn't have to have another character name. He was the intensity excellence, you know, wrestler guy, but he also had these comedic gimmicks with guys like Lesnar, you know, so he had the ability to entertain yeah. as well. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. I think Scorpio have, has, he's got the athleticism. He doesn't, you know, there's one time I remember when he was going vying for the belt against Jericho and he said, I'm going to turn Le Champion into Le Bitch. I thought yeah. that was like a epic, that was a great moment for Hell him. Hell yeah. But yeah. Like he's got to bring that tenacity. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Kazarian and Daniels have overshadowed him through his time in Ring of Honor because they're SCU, but Kazarian and Daniels were more of the actual tag team out of the three. And, uh, you know, so. It's just uh, one of those things. Uh, but I do agree with the three and a half uh, stars there. Um, do we want to touch on Christian signing real quick? Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Let's, uh, let's uh, bring that to the forefront right now because uh, this was Paul White's uh, big signing. He said the guy was a Hall of Fame level talent. Um, you will outwork anybody in AEW. Uh, there was a lot of rumors going around about it being Christian or, you know, the, 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 you know, the ones that were crapshoot like CM Punk and, you know, uh, some other big names that we were throwing out there. Uh, like even John Cena was even getting thrown out there. But um, then we see Christian Cage come out, uh, better known as Christian from WWE, start off in the brood. Yeah. Edge's brother. Good TLC matches. Matt, let, let, let me just save the trouble. I'm with my with my. I don't know if we're going to give picks on this with Marks, but um, okay. I'm going to. So, well, I'm going to choose not to because I'm just I'm going to keep my comments real real straightforward and simple. You 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 highlighted I think his very distinguished career and the people he's <laughs> worked with, and I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of him and for that. But the one thing I've got to harp on, and Jared has brought this point up multiple times. Every time they have a signing, like this is a relatively big signing. It wasn't as big as we expected, but it's still big because he had this long career in WWE. And of course, he, you know, he was in, in TNA. They gave him a huge build. But my thing is, every time they have one of these guys, why the hell do they just come into the ring? He signs the contract, has the shirt, you know, with the I, I outwork everyone gimmick, which, by the way, hadn't been established beforehand. So there's no wrestling education there for the fan. So you never even like, <laughs> you don't you, you don't you didn't even know. But have the guy talk, you know. So like with Sting, he talks too little, and this guy didn't even talk at all. Like he just like they yeah. like, they don't know how to build. Well, they want they want they want the non-paying fan to be able to hear him talk also, which is going to be tonight, I think. Right, which they've already advertised. Um, but I don't know. Uh, you know, every time they get a guy, besides Brian Cage, obviously, or whatever, um, it's guys who haven't been relevant in 10 years. So, yeah. and, and, and these guys are known for what they did in WWE. That's my whole thing. So you're getting all these guys. Listen, it'd be different if you got a Cena or a Punk. These guys could still potentially be in there in their primes or close to it. Christian's done and he, you know, he couldn't, he wasn't even medically cleared for years to wrestle. So I don't know. He just, he doesn't have history in the company like edge has in WWE. It's, it's, it's totally that's different. What makes this crazy though. Jared is that he didn't sign like a legend style deal. He signed a long-term deal, but that's the whole thing. Also, Adam, because the reason these guys are Paul white and Christian, the reason they signed these uh, deals with AEW is because Vince only offered them legend contracts. 
Vince doesn't need them. No, definitely not. That's the, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Well, we'll see where it goes. We wish him all the best. He's a, he's a good yeah. guy, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, whatever. I I hope it goes well for him. Yeah, we'll see where it goes because it's just throwing another guy into a into a where heavyweight or TNT championship area because there's no other fucking belts. So I really don't know. But they, they should have a uh, legends belt because they have so many. Uh, <laughs> no, fuck. Uh, you never know, man. You never know. Uh, I I also give the signing like a. Th- three questioning marks it's not anything that i am also gushing over and, i give it uh, one and a half <laughs> uh but i do think it's a big enough signing to draw people in to continue watching um not that there's anybody to go against anymore on wednesday nights because nxt admitted defeat but that's to say for another time as well as i'm sure wwe will figure something else out to shit all over AEW. uh recent fuck up which is this pay-per-view um, but I do want to get into the next match, and I think I'm I, I'm I'm going to start off here, uh, with the Shida and Mizunami match. Uh, I I'm sure Jared is is going to shit all over this, but uh, <laughs> I just have a feeling. Maybe I'm not though. Maybe he's going to surprise me. Um, I thought this match was absolutely amazing. Uh, I don't have a big history with either wrestler, but I thought that they just went in the ring and literally just beat the fuck out of each other for a really long time. Um, and to see uh, a match like this from the woman, it just solidifies to me that they're trying to, uh, you know, do what's right. Yes. Mizunami is not a Charlotte flair or, or, a, or a diva per se, or uh, has the ability to capture the American audience, like a, uh, Bailey or uh, Sasha Banks or, uh, you know, dare I even say Alexa Bliss. But then let me ask you a question. I'll stop you right there. Then what audience are we trying to capture if we're not trying to capture the American audience? It's not that they're not trying to capture it. I just don't think, you know, like they're not going to do that because there's too much uh, ignorance out there in regards to just just in regards to not wanting to just see good matches. People. People, yes, they want to see the promos and stuff like that. And if they give it a chance, maybe it'll work out. But to me, uh, in-ring wrestling will always uh, go above promos. In, and that's just for me. And I hold in-ring wrestling at a at a higher uh, standard in my in my in my opinion. So, unfortunately, you know, like for me, if she can't cut the promo yet, and she's not going to captivate me through through the mic because she's not, she's probably could barely speak English and, 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 and that's not going to be something that AEW is probably, you know, smart enough to say, we're not going to give her a mic right now. You know what I mean? But you better work your ass off in the ring. And, and to me, uh, that's why it was so captivating, uh, that, you know, uh, somebody like that could put on a match and, 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 and just, I don't know. I thought it was an amazing match. Unfortunately, you know WWE, like I'll you know, and I'll always agree with that. Their women's division is is the best thing uh, since sliced bread. It's even probably better than the men's division at at, at, at certain points. It or, might be, or or the, or the majority of, of the you know like of the time, their matches whole, never fail. Right. Dude. My whole thing is uh, that not only can WWE uh, female talent put on amazing in ring matches they can also cut promos with the best guys and mm-hmm. that that bar just like Eddie Guerrero 
that bar where they could do both uh, sets them far apart from anybody else. And I'm not telling you that I don't like the Japanese wrestlers because um, I love Asuka and I hated Asuka at the beginning. But you know something? It grew, she grew on me. And even her just yelling in the mic, whatever she's yelling, it, it's funny and it's captivating. <laughs> but but they don't ha- they don't trot out twenty different Japanese women who don't speak English. Yeah, That's the no, whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess it comes from a realm of like. Uh, that they obviously don't have enough talent, you know, and I and I think that's where it probably starts off with. And it was into it was a easier way to get um something going. It's not like they even broadcasted the the uh, the Japanese women's tournament really in America. I didn't see it being broadcasted anywhere. If anything, this should have been an opportunity for them to say, "All right, you know, even check in on YouTube or whatever, you know, whatever it is, if you want to watch these matches." Yeah, granted, they may have not gotten a lot of viewership, but um, you know. Unfortunately, uh, they didn't really captivate on that. Uh, uh, they didn't really um, not captivate, but I should say they didn't really jump on on that opportunity. But I did think this match was great. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm going to give it four questioning marks. Uh, you know, for uh, this match, uh, I'll Adam. Give it, I'll, I'll yeah, give it two. All right, two. All right, Adam. I'm going to I'm going to try and split the difference there a little bit, and I'll go three and a half. Just yeah. just. Just to to play it neutral, but I will. Say you don't I have was, to play uh, neutral, man. Well, well, I, well. I, I gotta say, it's it's because I'm like you said. I'm waiting to see how this builds in terms of a Rio Mizunami and seeing what they do with her. You know, there were so many Japanese, so much Japanese talent. Don't hold we your saw. breath. Well, well, well. I just have to say, there was so much Japanese talent we saw <laughs> in the tournament that um, was kind of more of the Riho variety. And this girl comes in, and it was a pretty heavy hitting match. There was some some good, you know, some good slams, and I was surprised with her strength, even for someone who's real kind of short, but you know, a little bit stocky and like kind of that wrestling build um, that you would see. Um, so that's where I'm going with it. Um, I, I actually think that, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sheeta is a judoka, so so also kind of has some of the, the judo background too. Um, so that's the interesting thing too is that some of this female talent from Japan actually has some technical expertise outside of wrestling, but you don't really see a lot of it in the matches. So I, I think I'd like to see them elevate that more because you see it on the men's side with guys that have that MMA background. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I, I hope they start booking Mizunami well and, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. But uh, next, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say about these uh, next two matches. Uh, we're going to go into the street fight, which was Sting and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Um, I could, I could take this one first, real yep. quick. Uh, just give you my thoughts. Um, we've generally discussed how we're not fans of cinematic matches, mm-hmm. and yet I thought that the theme and the background that they used for this one was really appropriate for, I think, the storyline. Um, you kind of saw some of those vignettes with, you know, with Darby and Sting, you know, in the lead up to this match where they were kind of standing in this kind of like secluded area and Darby, you know, throws his skateboard out on the glass and, you know, Sting just starts like destroying glass window with his, with with the baseball bat. So like from an environmental standpoint, that's kind of where it was coming from. Um, And, and they kind of made it seem like a real actual sort of, you know, street fight in that, in that sense. Um, I'm going to go, but again, just to be on the safe side of, you know, not, not, not for the sake of just trying to be, to be neutral here, but, but also just because 
I don't know how believable it is with, you know, staying at 61. Um, but, you know, they, they did let him get the finish. And, uh, you know, the good the good guys won in this match. So I'll, I'll go three and a half, and I'll be curious to hear what Jared has to say. I'm glad he got back in the ring for that finish, too. Um, <laughs> I actually agree with Adam. It, it You know, everything kind of worked with this cinematic, and it probably was to Sting's benefit as it was to Undertaker's benefit. And whomever, you know, the older wrestlers, whoever participates in these cinematic uh, matches. But uh, I know we all started out, you know, kind of like disliking the match, but, you know, it grew on me. It was fine. Uh, but like Adam said, I also take into account the the endings of the matches and the winners and losers of the matches into my rating. And as everyone knows who's been listening to the podcast, I absolutely hate Sting. I uh, think he's horrible and 10 times worse than Goldberg. Um, so that that did bother me a little bit. So I'm going to have to give three questioning marks out of five. And just touching on Scorpio Sky, I hope he kicks the shit out of Darby tonight and wins the title. One, one thing I forgot to mention for, for, both for you, Jared, and for Matt that I have to say, we saw a little bit of the future a little in this match with, with hook coming in. And he seems like, I mean, they're working him out pretty hard. He seems to be in good shape still, you know, he's still young and, and, and not too, too big, but I think if he keeps working out, um, seems like a tough son of a bitch for Taz's son that, uh, I think will make for a good wrestler. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree. Um, I would love to, uh, see him do a Taz mission for old time's sake. (laughs) Little Taz plex. Um, I did not like this match. Uh, I'm going I'm going with two and a half question marks only because um, I'm a big FTW guy and uh, just to see them buried again is just uh, getting like fucking ridiculous. So uh, I'm also not a fan of the cinematic matches. I understand that we are living in a time where, uh, you know, sometimes I guess wrestling is, is forced their hands uh, into producing matches like this, but I just am not a fan of it. Uh, I think that it, that like there's that opportunity to cut and refilm and cut and refilm or sting didn't look good here. Sting didn't look good there. Yeah. Yeah. He wrestled like he looked good in the ring, but how many times do you like, did they have to stop filming? Like who knows? Right. Like, so I I'm, I'm just a biased person when it comes to cinematic matches, um, so it's going to take a, it's going to take a really wild fucking cinematic match to like change my mind. Um, I thought that the, you know, I still think that the taker versus AJ styles is, is top of my list for a cinematic match. So that's where the bar set for me. Uh, and this just didn't reach it. So two and a half questioning marks for me. I am now going to go and bring us into what is possibly the most depressing wrestling match <laughs> of uh, that I've seen I just, in years? I just years. want to call out the fact, though, that Jared did not predict this. He predicted a lot of stuff during the pay-per-view uh, on the card. He didn't predict that this was going to happen. So, uh, I, actually, I actually let Matt's excitement... Um, you know, deter my thinking here. <laughs> and um, I actually started, like, watching the previous, like, matches that you guys told me to watch on YouTube. And I kind of got myself pumped up. And then all of a sudden I heard pre-show, and I think I mentioned it to Matt. I'm not sure if I mentioned it to Adam, um, that they're, they're wrapping the ropes in barbed wire. 
And I'm like, here we go with some bullshit already that it's not going to be the same as what I saw with the ropes being totally replaced with barbed wire. Yep. And listen, I wouldn't want to get hit with the barbed wire either. I wouldn't even agree to be in a match like this. But <laughs> um, And I give Omega and Moxley tons of credit, guys who didn't even need to do a match like this. But uh, I think it was too much. Uh, too, like I said, two of the best in the world who – didn't need a match like this to, you know, a steel cage would have sufficed or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess being thrown into barbed wire is somewhat entertaining. The match to me was very stupid. And <laughs> um, the ending, oh, my God. Holy that was fuck. so, like, that was, like, the stupidest thing I've ever, I've ever seen. Like, the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever seen. And here's where I'm going to mention where any of you AEW lovers uh, think that it's better than WWE, and I'm not talking about NXT. I'm talking about WWE, SmackDown, and Raw. And you guys can't, and nobody's going to disagree. WWE would never mess up on a production standpoint like that. They might have a bad storyline. They might have stupid storylines, also, which every which every uh, you know promotion does. But WWE would never screw up on a production aspect like AEW did well, and does. Let me tell you something, Jared. Mm-hmm. Even if they even if by some horrendous miracle they did, they would have had the good sense to figure shit out on the fly. Right. Because they've pivoted very well in things like rumble matches, you right. know, and other matches. They would not I mean if when, with Kingston coming out and you know, I th- I I cuz I heard in commentary on a couple of podcasts people putting him over in terms of the reaction he had coming in. He definitely sold the kind of panicked feel. And given the the, the, the longstanding feud and history that him and Moxley had, and now that he's kind of coming in to save this guy that they've worked with together for all these years, it had that dynamic to it where it was believable. But then the execution at the end where it's like, okay, only a sparklers go off. There's no huge explosion. <laughs> and, 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 and you've got Kingston there like he's dead. If this was WWE production, <laughs> they would have got word to him in the ring and they would have easily turned this around. Stand and the c- fuck kind of up. Do, yeah, like do something. Oh my God, guys. I'm like so fucking depressed over this still. I mean, uh, more so the fact that Jared came over to watch it and he had to wake up at like two in the morning to go to work. So I think he may have gotten like three hours of sleep. So like I'm, I'm depressed about that. I'm depressed about that. Uh, that um, I'm such a mark for these FMW matches when I grew up, man. I, I fucking loved watching Hayabusa and Onita and, 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 and all these guys and the fucking matches they put on were just amazing and and I would I was hoping that the ropes were gonna be just barbed wire and it was just gonna be this hardcore fucking insane match and it was just like this PG version of like little like you know what it reminded me of? Like 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 those FMW matches were like the giant mortars that go off on Fourth of July and this AEW match were like the little poppet things that I give my fucking son to throw on the ground and they yeah, just they, go, they look- it looked yeah. like those and sparklers. Yeah, it was just like it. It was just it didn't look anything. Didn't look believable. I think the one spot, you know, the spots that look believable is you know was you know like when Moxley's laying on the barbed wire, pulling it off, and 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 I'm sure the barbed wire wrapped around the ropes looked real. I mean, they were getting cut and they were bleeding, so they put on a fucking hardcore match. That's for sure. I just, it, I just, my expectations were so fucking high. That I, I I think they were just unrealistic to reach and and maybe if I would have not been so marking out prior to it and just probably not and 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 yeah maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to justify like it's just I don't understand why these two I don't understand why these two need this match you know that's what I don't get I put in and, 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 mm-hmm. 
Well, just real quick, from my perspective, someone mm-hmm. like say what you want about Omega in terms of his personality. A lot of people don't like him as a technical wrestler. He's definitely, um, you know, earned his stripes. And a match like this for someone like him kind of, I think, dilutes a little bit of the the credibility. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you go back to his his New Japan matches, he he does some hardcore stuff, man. Uh, I don't want to harp on it too long, but like the tables that they even use out in New Japan, they're like. So uh, they're not wide like the tables they use here in America, and they're also like five inches thick. <laughs> so uh, it, it also go on YouTube, just 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 watch some table spots from New Japan. You're you're, you're gonna bug out. But uh, I've I've seen him do some crazy stuff in New Japan. I've seen him in some pretty uh, wild matches. So I didn't think it was too much out of his wheelhouse. But um, you know, I bought in really hard during his promo when he was like, I can't finish yet and I got to do something to get rid of you. And, you know, so having a match like this, I thought would do that. Uh, you know, we'll not do that, but would, but would bring that intensity. Um, I think they tried too hard. And, and like Jared said, the, the fuck up at the end with the ring, not exploding and, and Eddie Kingston laying on top of him, like, and just like Adam said, no one getting word to him. All that mixed up together with just my very high expectations. I'm going one and a half questioning marks for this match. I'm so fucking sad. And fucking wow. Con, you're a schmuck. I, I will say this. Um, I'm going one questioning mark just based on the two performers in the ring. And I just can't get over how bad they screwed this up. And the fact that I was right about this company from day one. They're a bunch of WWE has-beens, and nothing has changed because Paul White, Christian, all these all these managers, you know, Taz, Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Tully, these are all WCW, WWE has-beens, and it's just they, – they're everything they said they weren't going to be, and I have a big problem with that, and I'm glad – what happened to them at the end of this pay-per-view happened. And I'm glad this whole card was terrible because they deserve this for acting, you know, like idiots. Sounds like someone hasn't gotten a lot of sleep. (laughs) No, I just, uh, (laughs) I think AEW had a legitimate chance to actually like carve out a huge, huge, uh, following for themselves, like I'm talking about more than 700,000 viewers a week. I'm talking about, you know, in the millions. And, and I'm going to tell you some real, real quick, just sort of my closing thoughts on all this. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a, a probably, I would say, yeah, I'm going to give it a one and a half because I think that at least there were aspects of the match itself leading up to the, the closing that were decent. Right. So, so that I'm, I'll, 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 I'll say that for the match. I also share your your feelings because as someone that was a huge TNA mark and wanted them to succeed so well, especially when they were competing about 10 years ago, you know, on Monday nights with WWE, I kind of felt that passion. Like I was more than a fan. I was emotionally invested. And it's not that I wanted them to take over the world. I knew they weren't going to do that. I knew they weren't going to destroy WWE, just like I knew AAW didn't have a shot. But it was was the revolution that got me back into wrestling. And so there are a lot of fans that are just so disappointed. Um, last point on this, uh, and this is on sort of more of a humorous note, uh, probably the best comment I've seen about this match 
which is also on the heels of how AEW has completely destroyed some of their their builds in some of these matches. Just like when Matt Seidel uh, tripped on the top you know top rope uh, when he when he made his debut, and they they kind of spun that as you know Michael Nakazawa with the Turkish oil wrestling that he kind of made him slip. That was the best comment that I read about this. They said Nakazawa again with his <laughs> Turkish oil. He he messed up the explosives. So that's we'll blame it on we'll blame it on the uh, Nakazawa again. And, and hope that things get better tonight with dynamite. No worries. Yes. Up. I, I will just say this. And I want to like, so I, I was definitely nervous for WWE a little bit when AEW came around and when Jericho came over and, and I started seeing people defect a little bit, sort of like how Matt's nervous that the Brooklyn Nets are taking over New York. Um, uh... so, um, we won't get into that, but I was a little nervous, but now seeing how they do things and how they, uh, bury talent just like WWE does. It's the same shit on a much low, on a much lesser scale, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they crawl their way out of this one, guys. So I think just for that reason, I'm going to tune in. Continuing, well, I don't think I'll ever that's not stop tuning in. Plan. But guys, that's part of their master plan is that they want us to tune in tonight, and we encourage everybody to because you you got to stay tuned to see either how much further down this can go or where it can go up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's in a perfect position right now to either watch a company totally implode on itself, which is going to be entertaining, or to watch it rise back up like a phoenix from the ashes. Yeah, that won't happen because it'll be like the Knicks buried forever. But uh, stop it! If you don't, uh, if you don't watch, you'll have the fear of missing out, which I I suffer from big time. <laughs> and with that being said, if you're not going to listen to this podcast, then you're going to have a lot of fear of missing out as well. So Absolutely. make sure you hit us up. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. We're on Castos. Hit us up on our Twitter handle, uh, the question in 11, the Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-I-N-11. Email us at thequestioningmarks at gmail.com. Everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this review and tune in tonight for some good AEW action because, you know, we're going to be talking about it on our weekly Sunday roundup show. The question of marks, baby. Questioning marks. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of the wrestling week and we will see you on Sunday for another brand new episode. Have a great week, everybody. Later.